Hello and welcome to another episode of Ren Presents the Beacon. Now, I'm joined here by one of my dear associates who had mentioned um, just goodwill about the podcast. And he and I have talked about one topic in general, the whole idea of pride. And he was actually the one to mention pride to me to begin with. You know, um, there's a creative process where when I have someone join me, I feel like I'm responsible for what gets put on the board. And Lawrence was able to help me with this whole process. So I got to sincerely thank you for that, Lawrence. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome, brother. And I mean, that's the thing about what we're doing here today. Mm-hmm. You know, like we just talk to one another and say, for instance, you come across an obstacle that you don't know how to overcome. Mm-hmm. Then we can always talk about these things together and try to figure them out together. Yeah. You know, and today's topic, like you mentioned, is going to be about pride and I guess ego. Those mm-hmm. two go hand in hand, right? Yeah, definitely. definitely. Okay. So, I mean... I mean, I mean there's been sometimes confidence, like they go hand in hand. Yeah, they're yeah. synonymous. And have you had like occurrences where pride or ego or um, these things kind of held you back and they hurt you more than they helped you? Helped you? Uh, yeah, I feel like it. There was times like when uh, I had a falling out with a friend, and uh, like I like I knew I was I knew I was wrong at that time. But I was just too prideful to say sorry. Like, you know, the feeling when you say sorry, especially when you had like a falling out or like you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. It, it's the toughest thing. Like, oh, yeah. Especially it's when hard you to just get it out of your mouth. Like you're just like you when you them. fight for it so strongly and then you find <laughs> out that you're fucking wrong and you're just sitting there like, oh, my God, I was fucking wrong. I have to admit I was wrong. Oh, right. that feeling sucks. Yeah. I mean, did that happen a long time ago when you had this uh, falling out with that friend? Uh, are you talking about earlier when we were talking about the falling out or or the one the experience that I'm talking about right now? The experience now? that you're talking about right now. Oh no, that was like I would say that's in high school. But I feel like in the long run, like thinking back at it, if I had just said sorry, I think we would actually be still close right now. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But So do you see like in that sense, I guess like pride and ego destroyed a friendship. Yeah. It really truly did. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it that way, it looks like a destructive, terrible thing that you never want to lay your hands on, mm-hmm. even though we all have to deal with it here and there. Right. But, I mean, looking at the brighter side, would you say that there's times when pride and confidence and ego help you? Uh, I feel Just based like, off a of personal experience. Yes, uh, off of personal experience, it's like uh, you can't have too little or too much of something. Mm. So pride, you do need a little bit of pride to make decisions yourself. And it's a very strong trait to have when you want to make a confident decision. For yourself, Whereas, for the yeah. sake of yourself, for the sake of the people around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But having too little, it's like you're, you're malleable. Like anyone could just change your, change how you feel or, or how you think of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. You know, because when I think about that, it makes me think of being a pushover. Mm-hmm. If you don't have enough confidence and self-esteem and pride, you become a pushover. You let anybody walk all over you and take advantage of you. Yeah. But say, for instance, you have too much pride, then no one can walk <laughs> over you. No yeah. one, no one's opinions or words will hit you, not hit you, but they'll affect you in any way. Right. And you also won't show any vulnerability, which is like, it gets in the way of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually been talking about that a lot, just trying to be more vulnerable with people. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any like occurrences or situations where being more vulnerable could have helped the situation? Situation? Uh, I think right now I'm actually like on <laughs> the lower side on pride, actually. 
um i feel like i apologized a lot and i to more than you need to or like a little bit more than necessary I would say more than necessary especially at work and yeah i guess at work well actually like with friends i i apologize less but yeah definitely with like new people i apologize a lot more we got to be a little bit more careful with that yeah you know um this ties into the whole asian hate thing or not asian hate but the whole asian stereotype mm-hmm. where people see asians as as submissive Mm-hmm. And for the most part, we are, you know, like I've, I've, um, given into that stereotype before, mainly because I don't give a shit about who you are, your opinions. Like if you want to have your opinion, fine. Like have your opinion, do your thing. I'm going to walk away and remain happy. Right. You know, I guess it's like that whole idea of maintaining peace was, is, which is what you mentioned earlier, how like you're pretty much just looking for peace nowadays, right? Nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like just be calm and like. I don't know. I have nothing in my mind. That's a great way to do things, you know, because I talked about this with Audrey the other day mm-hmm. where we kind of tend to or we tend to overthink things and play out scenarios in our heads about what could go right, what could go wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's um, that's anxiety, you know, like having anxious thoughts. But as you kind of like go through life and you figure yourself out as a person, that's when you're able to like figure out what works for you. And for you before you were too prideful. Right. Now you're a little bit too much of a pushover. Yeah. Definitely. So I guess like as we maneuver through life, then you can find that silver lining or a middle ground, mm-hmm. you know? And if like I were to mention that, what would you think your middle ground would be? Well, like you're not being too much of a pushover, mm-hmm. but you're also not being too prideful. It's a really tough question. I know. I don't think I worded it properly, <laughs> but. No, I get what you mean. Like where, where would be the middle ground? Like at, in terms of not apologizing too much or mm. apologizing, like just being just right basically mm-hmm. uh i feel like uh apologizing when i'm actually wrong instead of apologizing for things that like for standing in the way like that's not a big yeah, deal it's not a big deal it's not a big fucking deal but you're apologizing for what have you have you thought about why i i think it's just word choice like i think sorry is just like the only way, like, it's just the first thing that comes to mind. Like, so, oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of saying, excuse me, I should just be like, oh, sorry, excuse me, right? Or not, not even say, sorry, say, excuse me. It's so ingrained yeah, in yeah, your yeah, brain yeah, that yeah. you just said it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's fine. You know, like, that's what we're here to talk about and to work through, you know? And it's not going to be easy, but that's the beautiful thing about it. Cause you're the one that reached out to me and, um, kind of like provided commentary on the podcast. Thank you for that sincerely. Um, but you were willing to actually join me and put yourself out of your comfort zone as opposed to staying the same in your like comfortable position. You rose to the occasion. And that's the sign in my mind of a great person where you're not going to let your pride, your ego keep you down in like a deep, dark, dastardly place. You're going to be able to move forward and do something uncomfortable. Yeah. And you're doing really well. <laughs> oh, really? You know, yeah. <laughs> like you, you mentioned how like you're worried about how your voice might be too high pitched. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. People don't think about that, but that's what we think about. It's yeah. like our psyche. Right. You're just you're doing well. Just uh let's keep it going, keep it flowing, <laughs> natural. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why I felt like I didn't really want to write like like when I read the topic, I didn't really want to pre-write it because it doesn't feel like it's genuine. Like have you ever heard someone talk about something and it's like they're just reading off a script. It's not really like from how they actually feel. Yeah. You know what I mean, so. Yeah, that's why like I don't like the whole idea of structure. Mm-hmm. But I mean, after having written the initial general outline, do you think that it kind of helped you along in the process? Or? Well, it helped me like think about it at first, but I just didn't 
want to like write it out and then i'm like oh hell oh, no that's no. terrible that's yeah, yeah like, it's, it's, it's kind of odd yeah, yeah you know like we're not rehearsing this we're not acting this right. is genuine heartfelt emotion that we're talking or right. doing dealing feeling <laughs> like it should be like from our personal experience and like how we feel about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like going back to what we mentioned about pride you know um the reason or when you brought up the topic of pride it actually like hit me or came at me sideways where I knew this is something that we all suffer from. Definitely. Yeah. You know? And for the longest time, I tried not to have any pride. That's how I was growing up. You knew me growing up. I was very joyful, super mm-hmm. giddy. Um, I wouldn't really give a shit what you did to me because I'm, I'm happy in my own state. Mm-hmm. But as you start to get older and realize, like, what kind of person you want to be, then you start to realize what you need to fucking do. That's the hard part. That's true. And I actually had to kill off my old persona. To make myself happy. Because that's when my dad was going through the whole um, cancer thing. That was a really tough time for me. Mm-hmm. And I had to like buckle down and take care of business. You know. And Audrey said something that was really motivating. It's the whole idea of like taking time for yourself. You invest time into yourself. And you can see the results after so many years. Like look at where you are now. Yeah, You're a lawyer. No, sorry. You're a nurse. <laughs> Lawrence, yeah, the lawyer. That, sounds, that, that flows way better. <laughs> but inside, like, why not? Right yeah. now, you're a nurse. You're doing extremely well for yourself. And you were talking to me earlier briefly about how you love the work, but it also takes a drastic toll on your psyche and your, I guess, mental health in a sense, would you say? Yeah. Uh, I feel like a lot of people can cope with it. Uh, I, I'm one of the few, or I, I, maybe one of a lot of people that take home like take work home with them mm-hmm. like while i'm driving home i'm like totally thinking about work the whole time like what had go- what gone down and like things that have happened people that may have passed away or people that may be suffering from right. like a terminal illness or yeah you're someone you're soaking you up their emotions save, someone that you couldn't save but ultimately some people you can't really save like you, you do your best and even though i do my best i still i'm still hard on myself mm-hmm. i wouldn't say i'm a perfectionist but yeah, I, I do definitely look at my flaws a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I like replay the scenario over and over again and try to like think of other ways I could have done differently. Like, could this person have been saved? But that, that's just because I'm like an overthinker, I guess. And it's a beautiful thing. You know, like overthinking while we were younger was a curse because we didn't know how to turn that energy into something useful for ourselves. Yeah. But now that we're older, now that you have more knowledge and things are better than they used to be, this is kind of like your calling to, or your wake-up call to, hey, you're an overthinker. It sucked before, but you're a nurse now. So, like, overthinking, if you put it to, or you put enough time and energy into it, and you focus that overthinking into something worthwhile, then it's going to provide you, or it'll show you fruits of your labor, in a sense. And that's going to take time. You know, like you can always come back to me if you're having a hard time and talk to me about these things because that's how I was, I was able to get to this podcast. Overthinking. Oh. Overthinking in a good way, <laughs> you know, and like overthinking for other people. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you take your work home is a beautiful thing because that shows that you're, in my mind, an empathetic person. And have you heard about that phrase before, the word empathy, empathetic? Yeah, it's understanding other people's emotions. Uh, They talk a lot about it in in nursing, especially in nursing school. Mm -hmm. You want to be empathic instead of sympathetic. So you want to understand how they're feeling and where they're coming from, but Mm -hmm. not really sympathize with them and try to be in the same boat with them. Because ultimately, maybe you're not not in that position, but just try to understand and just be open-minded towards it. 
And that's something that's difficult for a lot of people to do um, in the sense that a lot of people tend to sympathize. Like we have all of these words that describe our emotions and we have all of these ways to describe how we feel. But until you put the time in to like actually read and like educate yourself on these different subject matters, it's just going to be lost information, lost knowledge that you have yet to garner. And especially in your position, like say for instance, you were to take more time to read and self-help books aren't cringy. Self-help books actually Definitely, yeah. yeah. Different perspective. I feel like anything, nothing's like cringy. I feel like nothing should be put down, especially if there, it seems like something that you should already know. You should just probably just pick it up and read it because maybe you don't know something. It could open your mind to like, like a different perspective mm-hmm. on things. Because I feel like this podcast is something like that as well. It's where you're exposing people to an idea that maybe they never thought of, and like maybe it can spark some some ideas about how to treat a certain scenario or or it'll help open yeah. people's minds hopefully in my mind yeah and i'm actually curious because you're in um hospital work or you're in nursing i'm not too sure what the right phrase is have you ever encountered um i want to say an issue but an occurrence or a situation where you saw a co-worker being too prideful close-minded and did it affect them in like a negative or a positive manner? Uh, definitely. Uh, when I started working, I've been working there for a while now. And there is one, I mean, there is one coworker who is very prideful and I can see that. Uh, when she takes feedback and we give her some feedback to improve the way she's taking care of her patients or the way she does things, she doesn't really take it into consideration she says okay yeah i know i know but do you really know yeah do you really fucking know know. jesus christ (laughs) and it does really really affect not only herself but the co-workers as well because we would tell her to at least stay with the patient especially in these codes there these codes are like when a patient's like unresponsive Mm -hmm. uh especially if you're the nurse taking care of that patient you have to be in the room you have to stay there with them because ultimately you're the only one that knows knows the patient. So we need the doctor needs information and you have to stay in the room. So everyone gets a clear idea of the history of this patient, the reason why she's in there and she would just leave the room and the coworkers actually have to take care of her patient. And for try her. to figure out what the fuck's going yeah. on with this person. They have no information about <laughs> exactly. And it, it does definitely affect the patient and the prognosis and the ending of the code because it prolongs treatment. Well, you've actually like spoken out about this to her before, right? Yeah. So I, I pulled her aside and I told her, Hey, like when, when something happens to your patient, you have to be there with them. That's your patient and you have to take care of, take care of them because you're the only one that knows the history. You have to talk to the doctor. So we know how to take care of the patient and resuscitate them. Mm-hmm. properly i mean when you talk to this person is it in a more constructive manner or are you kind of like not attacking her but does she see it as attacking her because that seems to be the case where you're coming at her with some kind of constructive feedback about how to keep people alive but because of her upbringing it may be seen as destructive criticism because she may have grown up with more negative i mean this is me just spitballing based on perspective you know but like that's the hard thing about 
what we do in this lifetime. You know, if you really want to see a change in the person, then you may have to bite the bullet, be a little bit of a pushover, and explain to them kindly, like, oh, I don't think this is the best way to handle the situation. You know, like, when you leave the room, none of us know what the fuck to do. <laughs> none of us know about this patient. And you're playing with people's lives. Yes, definitely. Um, I don't think I came by aggressive because I'm, like, the least aggressive person at work i'm probably like the most passive for, for those of you that haven't met Lawrence yet he's honestly one of the nicest people i've ever met very kind very handsome yeah handsome oh, yeah. oh thank you i was looking at katrina for the go ahead but yeah <laughs> but yeah and that's the thing it, it becomes really difficult because when it comes down to a professional workplace you're gonna have to do what you can and sometimes it's like a group project mm-hmm. where this is kind of seen as a group project and you have to put in your due diligence to make sure that everyone prospers. This person, because of their own faults and their unwillingness to accept fault, their pride and their ego, is playing with people's lives. Yes. Um, I don't feel like nursing is about critical thinking and I def- I know that this coworker is really smart and I don't think it has to do with her her critical thinking. Oh, maybe it does, but it's hard to say. Though, <laughs> it's, you know? hard, like, it's really hard we're to just say. dissecting some person that I've never met that you know here or there on like a acquaintance basis. So it's yeah. tough to say. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like being. I want to be. Yeah, no, but, you don't have to be. You know. And yeah. That's the thing, like I would like to reiterate to you because, like we talked about on prior podcasts, it takes a lot of charisma and courage and strength to be the person to explain to people their strengths strengths God. <laughs> no and weaknesses but you have to do it in a manner where it's being done tactfully tactfully i don't know if that's the right word but in a in a good manner so that they can understand where you're coming from because we all have different levels of perspective and understanding you know um say for instance this is a circumstantial thing or like an an occurrence if you were to revisit this whole um co-worker who hasn't been taking care of their patients how would you handle the situation? Like talking to me, uh, friend to friend. Well, if I was making a mistake and I was fucking up, how would you approach me so that I would understand? I think I would like talk to her as more as a friend. Actually, I I did give her advice. I, I pulled her aside. I mean, calm courtesy when you talk to a coworker is to pull them aside. I mean, professionalism. You should pull them aside and not like totally like blast them in front of all of your coworkers. So I pulled her aside. Um, did it work? It it did work. I hoped it works. But but maybe I came across maybe as aggressive. I'm not sure. But I did tell her that she shouldn't have left her patient. And I mean, maybe I should have been more... Actually, I felt like I should have been more aggressive, to be honest. You can be because, yeah. like, this is... The purely, patient safety. Yeah, it's patient safety. Mm-hmm. And well-phrased aggression... It's not aggression. It's just well-placed criticism. Right. And that's the whole idea behind criticism is either constructive or destructive mm-hmm. based on the person's mentality. And if you're able to educate yourself to the point where you can skillfully criticize someone on something they're doing wrong, that's another skill set in itself. That just shows that you know how to operate with the world. <laughs> I know. It's, it's tough. It's fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard. But... It's all about like the voice that you portray to the universe, to the world. Mm-hmm. And your voice now, you're talking to me, you're talking to the world, and anyone that listens to this podcast, they're going to understand you based on how you speak. And you're doing a really good job. 
getting back into it, um, I do want to touch upon having too little pride because this is something we talked about a little bit earlier before we started recording. And I mean, what would you define as having too little pride or too little ego, too little confidence in yourself? Uh, like you mentioned, pride is definitely synonymous with confidence. Uh, I would say that I'm lacking in that department. In the workplace environment, uh, I would say I, well, I'm a fairly new nurse, so I'm always learning and I'm very, like, I would lack a lot of confidence. Uh, I would, I guess I could give you an example. Example would be, so I had a patient, patient that, uh, I'll put it in simpler terms, uh, had issues breathing. Mm. Uh, so there's something called a pulse oximetry. It reads how much oxygen is flowing throughout the whole body. And so this patient's O2 saturation was going lower. And like, I, I knew all of these things. Like I, I knew from textbook, like if a patient's desatting, the first thing you do is put a uh, non-rebreather, which is like a mask that gives high flow mm -hmm. of oxygen. So I did that. But I, at that point, like I, I kind of froze because I'm so like, like, I wouldn't say insecure. I'm just like not confident in my it? ability. Is it like one of your first times or one of your very first few times doing it? No, no, it's not one of my first times, but it's, it's the first, I guess. Yeah. It's the first time it happened to one of my patients. I mm -hmm. mean, when it's happening to a different, it's like another nurse's patients when you're there backing them up, like, you know what to do because it's not your patient, but when it's your patient, you become very anxious and, and you don't know what to do. So, <laughs> I <Sorry>. mean, <laughs> like right after I put this patient on the high flow, the, the oxygen wouldn't go back up. So I called my charge nurse because I need, <laughs> so I can have like a second opinion. Like, should I call? Should I call? Like, obviously it's urgent. So she came, she came in like probably like five seconds. Mm -hmm. But, um, that ties back to not having enough confidence because I didn't believe in my own ability to just, call and announce that that we're having like it's called a rapid response team when a patient's not having enough oxygen mm -hmm. um i didn't have enough confidence to call it by myself until she she had told me like hey call it you know what i mean but that's, did you that's, learn oh sorry to cut you off go ahead yeah yeah i definitely learned this actually happened pretty recently <laughs> it's happened probably like a month or less than a month ago and yeah like when i was driving home like, as I said before, like, I, I really pick at my flaws. So, like, while I'm driving home, I took, obviously, I took work home with me that day. I was like, what could I have done better? I should have just, I should have just called it. Like, this, the second I, I put, him on, put her on the non-rebreather and she was not being able to breathe, I should have just called it that instant. I mean, and from, from this point on, next time that happens to me, I'm just going to call it right after my, my intervention doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Do you see why though that like that occurrence in the past month was such a useful bit of experience though? Yeah, but yeah, it was useful, but I feel like like I regret, regret. Mm -hmm. Like uh, we mentioned before, too much confidence or too much, much pride it leads to regret, and mm -hmm. so does too little confidence or pride also leads to regret. It makes me sad to see you kind of like beating yourself up. And it's it's good that you do so because it shows that you genuinely care. But because you learned something from it, now you know like the next time this happens, you know how to proceed. You know what the right call 
is are you gonna meet or are you gonna have more of these happen in your lifetime where new things happen and you're unsure of whether or not to proceed the one thing you need to remember is like the voice inside your head you know like if the voice inside your head is mean and detrimental and um it's like beating yourself up that's your own voice just think of that voice in your head as someone that cares about you someone that genuinely loves you because like after hearing your story i'm not going to beat you up i'm actually happy that you learned something from it you know and the fact that you beat yourself up shows that you are a great very kind of person you know but we have to kind of change the way that we think for ourselves because while you may be beating yourself up someone may be thanking you for saving their life yeah, I guess you could say that, but I mean, <laughs> it's hard though. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's like habit. Like I, I feel like I've was born that way. Like since I guess since I was born, I was always like replaying thoughts in my head or replaying embarrassing, embarrassing yeah, moments. Yeah, those are the worst. <laughs> like especially when you're, you're like, up at night. You're like, oh <laughs> my god, I, we have a lot of those moments, <laughs> and they keep you up at night. They're they're terrible. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing about like pushing yourself you know like what i'm telling you is coming from a place a place of genuine care and thought and concern where yeah what you did was difficult and you could have made the right call the first time but now you know now you learned from that occurrence so i need you to be a little bit more kind to yourself stop beating yourself up so much and take back your power because that's what's happening right now like 2021 is different. We're kind of figuring ourselves out after having spent so many years, not so many years, the past year in a pandemic. So we have a lot of time to ourselves, right? It's hard, but when you start making decisions for the better for yourself and with like kindness, love, and all of these wonderful emotions that we share with one another in mind, it's only going to help you. You made mention earlier before about how um, before in high school, you had, I guess, ruined a friendship, for the lack of a better word, because of pride. Have you had anything similar like that happen to you recently? Uh, yes, actually. It actually happened pretty recently. Uh, recently, I had a falling out with a friend. Uh, I mean, it, it still tears me up to this point. Uh, how recently? I would say maybe a month, month ago, or less than a month. Uh, so what happened was, so this friend definitely has too much pride. Mm. I mean, in some cases, I do have a lot of pride as well outside of work. Uh, so what happened was, I, I asked, I asked. Uh, he, she, this, <laughs> this person, this person, <laughs> this person to like maybe open up to me a little bit more and like talk to me a little bit more because, because as a friend, I feel like friendships should be like relationships where you put in, uh, you should also receive like, yeah, you be, mentioned like, that earlier. Yeah. Well, I think maybe during our free forum conversation, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Can you say that for us one more time? Uh, when you when you put into a relation uh, a friendship or a relationship, you should also receive back from this relationship. And uh, when you put into a relationship, you shouldn't really expect to to receive something back. But 
you should at least get a little bit like, you know, like, hey, how are you doing? Instead of like, it shouldn't be like a one-sided relationship or where, friendship where you're always asking them, how are you doing? Like, or is your psyche okay? How are, like, it's kind of like right. you're you're giving energy and you're putting in time and effort into the other person. Yeah. So they should hopefully reciprocate it. Yeah. And if they don't, then it becomes a little difficult to maintain that friendship or relationship, right? It does. It definitely takes a toll because it feels like you're, you're doing all the caring and they're doing all the receiving. They're answering your questions and they're not really asking back. So I, I did definitely open up to this person and I said, maybe I didn't open up the right way. <laughs> we, we It probably was maybe aggressive, uh, but I opened up to this person saying like, hey... You know, sometimes I feel like I've always put out and ask you, like, how you're doing, where your where your mindset at, like, are you okay? But I never received anything from you. You never really hit me up for the past year. So, uh... <laughs> at that point, it does get kind of difficult because we are all living our own lives. And I know what you mean when you say, like, if you're going to be investing time and energy into someone, then you would want the same thing back. But that's the hard thing about growing up in my mind. You know, you start to realize that the people that you thought were there for you were there for you at one point. But now things are different. Things are much, much different. And have you felt that tinge of pain or that sting where people are different now? Yeah, definitely. I feel like our friendship when it first started, it was definitely... Oh, when our friendship first started, it was definitely uh, a give-and-take relationship. We definitely checked up on each other. We talked, like, maybe after my work or after he's done with something, like, how oh, like how our day was. But now it's definitely different. It's, like, it's just one-sided. And it really sucks. Do you think that maybe COVID had something to do with that? Oh, definitely 100% has something yeah. to do with it. <laughs> COVID, COVID did a lot of damage, a yeah. lot of fucking damage. Yeah. And I mean, um, you had mentioned this whole scenario to me a bit earlier where in high school, you were the person that would be too prideful and you kind of hurt and ended a friendship because of your pride. But do you think that what's happening with your current situation or the situation this past month is kind of like the inverse, the opposite where the other person is being too prideful and now you feel that tinge of pain. Well, this person, um, I guess throughout the friendship, I, I already knew this person was too prideful. Uh, this person wouldn't really apologize, especially sometimes when we had a falling out, it's really hard for him to apologize, but I, I can relate because at, before in my high school it's really hard to say sorry especially when when you had a confrontation like a really intense com confrontation uh like when you try to say sorry it, it really doesn't come out it's really hard it's unsettling it's not very comfortable so i mean at this point say for instance you were to be met with this um uncomfortable situation would you be able to say sorry or like admit to your fault uh yeah i definitely would say sorry but you see there's a but that's yeah, the, the yeah, but really <laughs> there's a <Yeah>. but <laughs> and that's fine like that's what we're here to talk about on the episode today like what is that but what is that little bit of pride that's holding you back from apologizing in full it's just it's just 
it sounds weird because I, it's weird that if I apologize after opening up and saying like, hey, like you haven't really been hitting me up and I just say sorry, like, I, I don't know what I would apologize about. Would I apologize that, uh, sorry I came at you aggressively? Or... But you're apologizing for what? Yeah, I like, don't know what I'm You don't need to apologize. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just, I wouldn't know because it was more of me opening up and showing my vulnerable side. I, I mean, I could just apologize just to fix the friendship, but would that really help our friendship? <laughs> At this point, I actually think that it might because you're taking on, in my mind, like from my perspective, you're taking on that leadership role where it's not comfortable for you to apologize, but you will for the sake of the friendship. And sometimes I know what you mean. Like you're giving up more than you receive. That's something you have to decide on your own. Like, is it worth it for you to constantly apologize and constantly bend over backwards for the sake of someone else? Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely do that a lot of work and I apologize a lot. Uh, work is one thing, but now we're talking about your personal, personal relationships. Life, like yeah. that's the hard thing about growing up. Yeah. Like, if you want to maintain this relationship, if you want to keep this person in your life, is it worth your time to constantly apologize and constantly feel like you're belittling yourself, belittling yourself? Uh, it's a really hard I guess question. It <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I, I guess it wouldn't. I feel like if I belittle myself for something like this, I feel like I would receive no change. Like, throughout the friendship because it's not acknowledged i mean like the energy I, I, isn't being reciprocated right? yeah yeah i mean i don't even i don't even expect an apology i just feel like just even having like a message back like talking back and like maybe we could fix something out uh would actually work out but i haven't even received the message so you're telling me this but say for instance you were to tell the person that you're um referencing if you were to like open up and tell them how you really really feel would it help would it would it help at all well actually i i that's exactly why i told them i told them that i wasn't re i wasn't receiving what i was giving out but uh i got left on red <laughs> oh my god yo i fucking <sighs> okay I gotta tell you guys, like, I remember talking to someone a while back about how being left on red is one of the worst feelings in this world. It really is. You know, like, I turn off my red receipts because that little bit of, like, social media really does have a profound effect on how you make people feel. If someone opens up to you and they're, they're telling you how they actually fucking feel and you leave them on red, that hurts. Yeah. And you felt that pain before. I felt that pain before. Katrina, have you felt that pain before? It fucking sucks. Yeah. So please turn off your fucking red receipts. Please, <laughs> please, please. Well, it's not even, it's not, it's probably like over, it's not even over like a, there's no red receipt. But okay. we were having a conversation. I'm pretty sure he read it. Mm. Yeah, I just didn't want to respond. I mean, I feel like being left on red is definitely harder than someone like actually like cussing or being angry at you, showing some hatred. It just leaves you in the dark. I actually don't agree with that statement because I've seen posts on social media talking about how in relationships or friendships, once you stop arguing or you stop like putting in that effort, that's when you kind of understand that the relationship is over. 
That's it's like point. energy, you know, and while yeah. that energy may be negative at a point, I guess you realize that, oh, this relationship, this friendship may no longer serve me any good. It's doing more damage than it does anything healthy. We had mentioned how sometimes the friendship, the relationship may not be providing enough return. I mean, if you think about it, time is your most valuable resource. And if you're investing time into something that's not showing you return, why would you continue to do so? Well, I feel like uh, where, where it stems from is is that's just the way I was brought up and, and taught. I mean, I was, I was raised by my, my dad. Single father. Single father. <laughs> which is a very important thing. Yeah. So single father, um, he, he taught me a lot about unconditional love and how you shouldn't give out and expect to receive back. And mm-hmm. I feel like that, that's where it stems from. Like I, I want, I just want this friend. I, I'm, of, of course, I love this guy because this is, or I mean girl. Guy or girl. Well, whatever you uh, want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> this friend. Um, so I, like, I love this dude unconditionally. So I, I put out that much because I, I really do care. And I, I really want this guy to, to be in a healthy mindset. But maybe you're right. Maybe I should cut out this person. But the other side of me actually wants to just, keep being there for him so at this point there's actually things that you can do to affect change to your current reality and that's what i mean when i talk about on the prior episodes you can take back your power like you have a voice and if you choose to use it and i guess portray yourself to this friend of yours in the proper manner you may be able to convince them otherwise it's fucking hard. It's so hard. It's so hard to change someone's mind and make them or not make them, but explain to them where you're coming from and what you think and how you feel. But if it's something you genuinely care about, a friendship, relationship, whatever it may be, if you decide to put the time into it and it comes back and it either works out or it doesn't, now you know. Now you have an answer. Now you're not left in limbo where you don't really understand how to proceed or what the next best move is. Because you did what you thought was right. Now, the next step for you is to figure out what feels right to you. Fuck. That's- I know. <laughs> I, like know I know. I know. And we don't have to, you know, answer it. You don't have to answer it. It's more of like a rhetorical thing. Where it's like me offering myself to you, Lauren. Sorry, sorry. I got a little sexual. <laughs> I got a little intense. But it's me offering like my heartfelt um, emotions and thought process to you. Where I think that this is what needs to happen next. And how you choose to proceed is entirely up to you. And what you think is best for you in your lifetime. Uh, I guess and, if you're saying that, I guess I should probably just leave it how it is. If he decides that he wants to still be friends, then I guess I'll just wait. But I guess a uh, positive mindset, I shouldn't be expecting anything. So let's just see where it goes from this point on, because when you are forced to do things in the moment, it's different. You're not thinking for yourself. You're thinking based off someone else's emotions. So the next time we talk, just get back to me about how you proceeded with this. Did you choose to rush the occasion and kind of like affect change? Or did you choose to instead shrink into obscurity and just let this thing ride out? It's up to you. Of course. I guess. that's for another podcast. <laughs> that's for another podcast. And like Lawrence and I have mentioned, like 
having another one in the future. I would love to have you back on, but I also have to think about other people. Of course. You know, so so long as you're willing to join me, because I actually had this happen recently where someone said that they were willing to join and partake in the podcast. But when it came down to it, they bailed on me, and that fucking hurt. Oh no, I would never. <laughs> no, it's so fun. I, I would. <laughs> and that's the reason why, like this past week, I released a solo episode because mm-hmm. I couldn't find a guest in time. Oh okay. Yeah. Um, I guess whenever you're free, hit me up because I I definitely have a weird schedule because of yeah. my job. <laughs> as do I. As do I. <laughs> yeah, and. That's the thing, like, I guess going over all of the topic, or not all of it, but explaining to the audience how you felt about this experience as a whole. What's your take on it? Uh, I don't really know, <laughs> to be honest. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I mean... Take your time, you know, and if it's not something that you can easily answer then you don't have to answer. There's no pressure for you to do so. Yeah, it's definitely uh, different. It's a really hard question to answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pleasure having you for the podcast today, Lawrence. Um, we're going to wrap things up for the time being because I do have a few other things to take care of. There's people waiting for me, and I do want to make sure that I spend my time with the people I love. So is that okay with you? Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Of course, brother. Um Thank you for joining joining us for another episode of Ren Presents the Beacon. Um, I would like to sincerely thank my guest, Lawrence Wu, today for providing us with his heartfelt emotions and just everything he's about, I suppose. That's, that's not the best way to put it, but we're a little buzzed. We had a few bottles of wine, so, you know. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>